Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This is my repeat guest, uh, Raheem Majavi from Knightsbridge FX. Raheem, tell, him, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, what you do, what your company does, does and then we're going to jump into... Uh, the future of the Canadian dollar or the U.S. dollar, depending on which side you're looking at. And then, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Well, thanks a lot for kind of having me on and great to see your whole uh, platform growing, uh, you know, leaps and bounds. It seems like you're doing, you know, obviously a great job. Uh, in terms of um, my background, I um, left capital markets over 10 years ago in mergers and acquisitions, private equity, basically started Knightsbridge. You know, we're a currency exchange company and we give better rates in the bank. You know, basically built out this business and, um, you know, we've been fortunate to basically survive the pandemic. We're doing relatively well, you know, one of Canada's fastest growing companies over the last several years. So very excited about, you know, how things are going to look in the future. And we basically take on the banks and just try to get better rates. Yep. And it is a great service and it's all online, which is very handy. You don't have to actually go into a branch or anything like that. I like the online services and I personally endorse uh, Knightsbridge. I use them. We do a transaction with them almost every week. So uh, very, very active with Knightsbridge. Um, let's jump into the Canadian versus the US dollar. What do we see going on in the future? You're like, should, if I have both Canadian and American money, which way should I be going? <laughs> which way should I be thinking? What kind of things are affecting this? Yeah, for sure. So I'm happy to kind of give just the broad general outlook yeah. into how, you know, how things are going, you know, it's not financial advice. So everyone, you know, kind of needs to obviously make their own decision. But in terms of just like a big picture in terms of what's basically happened um, in March 2020, when we had kind of COVID first start, whenever there's a risk off event, as in there's worry or panic in the market, the stock market generally goes down, the US dollar typically goes up. So that's basically what happens in terms of like historically looking at things. So um Obviously, the U.S. dollar went up and then things basically got better. The Canadian dollar went back up as well, uh, you know, throughout 20, from 2020 to 2021. And um, things were looking pretty good for the Canadian dollar until the latest variants kind of hit the market in the last, uh, you know, couple of weeks, right? So the Omicron virus. And there was a lot of uncertainty with how potentially deadly it is and how much it basically spreads and what the impact is that's going to be on travel and restrictions and all that type of stuff. So we saw the US dollar basically rise a little bit as a result of that. We saw, saw the equity markets get a little bit rattled as well over the last couple of weeks. And that just follows the same trend as whenever there's a risk off event, US dollar up, equities typically down, commodity prices typically down as well. And the view is generally that aggregate demand generally falls in those types of events. Um, so I think in the short term, because we have Omicron, I think there's going to be a little bit of uncertainty as to how everyone reacts over the next one or two months. And I think people are going to look to South Africa to kind of see what happens with cases there, what happens with hospitalization levels, et cetera. Now, I'm not an expert on, on COVID and I you know, don't presume to be, but that's kind of one tell I would look at is to see the canary in the coal mine is wherever it basically first started. What is really the impact there? And then secondly, over the longer term, I think if you look at what's happened over the last one or two years, we've had a couple of different waves and a couple of different variants, and we seem to kind of survive it 
okay. As yeah. in, you know, we kind of panic a little bit and then we kind of, life kind of moves on and we either get financial support from the government or from the, from the Fed or the Bank of Canada to kind of stabilize things in terms of financial markets. So it seems like there's a bit of a safety net on the worst case scenario. Assuming we follow the same pattern is, is kind of what I see. So I think in the short term, there's going to be a little bit of volatility just with the media headlines and not knowing exactly how bad Omicron is going to be, et cetera. But I think longer term, the trend over the last year and a bit is still intact. I think the economy is doing well. Unemployment numbers are, um, are low and um, it's hard to find kind of labor. And, um, and it's driven largely by some form of aggregate demand basically increasing. So we're looking to see you know, GDP growth rates of four to 5% basically this year and next year. And those are pretty good numbers. And typically the Canadian economy overshoots or does well when there's risk on. So commodity prices typically run up and we saw oil get to about $80 a barrel or higher than that. And when, when there's a risk off event, it dropped back to about 60. But I think if we can get past this latest variant, we'll resume an uptrend in oil prices, resume an uptrend in aggregate demand because the economy is so hot. And I think that bodes well longer term for the Canadian dollar. Um, there's two key things to look at next year, which is basically which central bank is going to raise rates first and how often. And I think the Bank of Canada will go first and it's likely going to be in and around April, assuming Omicron doesn't rattle the cages of everybody. Yeah. Uh, so the Bank of Canada will go first. I think that'll be bullish for the Canadian dollar. I think the U.S. Fed will follow in some part of Q2. Um and also start to raise rates as well in a similar kind of fashion. And I think that'll counteract a little bit of what the Bank of Canada does. So I think if the Bank of Canada goes first and often ahead of the Fed, in terms of the number of rate hikes next year, the Canadian dollar will do, will do better. So generally, the, 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 when the central bank raises interest rates, their dollar improves. That's basically okay. what happens. And um, generally, Canada and the US follow in line, they don't go too much off course, but I think the Bank of Canada will go first and they'll go kind of, they will go sooner. I don't know if they'll go more by the end of the year, but they'll definitely go sooner. So I think the Canadian dollar will do well. And, um, but I think we'll stay within a range of between 122 to, you know, 128. So we're, we're closer to about 126, 127 right now. I think on, you know, Potentially the max downside is probably in around 130-ish. If, if Omicron continues to take hold, I think the US dollar will go up. I think if people, um, if we get past this phase and we get into kind of April of next year, I think we'll see the Canadian dollar rally in advance of that because the expectation is the Bank of Canada will raise rates and things are back to a risk on event and we'll see the loonie continue to rise. So that's the kind of framework that I generally look at. I think we'll be in a range of basically between you know 122 and 128 and get down to about 130 and it's kind of worst case form but i think the longer term trend of the loony rising is intact as long as the economy and everything is is doing well if we ever have a recessionary event a virus that we cannot control and further types of shutdowns then we see the us dollar basically rise so that's basically how i kind of envision looking at this Okay. So just to sum it up, make sure I don't have this all wrong. So if you were going to go and move some money to the States um, and you're doing it in short term, you probably should do it sooner than later. Because right now, it, the, with the, the exchange rates um, 
with the Omni, it's going to be making the US dollar get more expensive. So if you're doing short term, then you probably should do it sooner than later. And then if you're doing a little bit longer term, you're probably better to wait uh, for the Canadian dollar to get better because it could go down to 122. Do I have that right? Kind of? Yeah. <laughs> you kind of interpret basically what I mentioned. So I, I yeah, think, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And I think, I don't think there's a perfect answer, but I, I think yeah. the way I would look at it is to say, there's one thing in terms of like trying to guess where the rates would go. And then there's the other fact of like business just needs to get done. Like people want to buy real estate or they got to pay their expense. You still have to do those things regardless of what the rates are. So yeah, like from a, from a longer term example, I do think we will get back to the 122, 123 range of the Canadian dollar appreciating a couple of cents more from where we are today. I think that will happen at some point in 2022. When exactly that happens, hard to tell. It's hard to put business aside as well for that. You know, are you going to miss a property deal? Are you going to miss any tuition payments? Are you going to miss whatever expenses because you want to wait for a better dollar? And there's obviously the chance that, that that's wrong and, and things go the other way. So typically, I generally would buy US dollars when I need to make that basic payment. So if I need, if I um, were to be buying a property deal or I were to be having a need for US dollars, I try to take the fluctuations out of it in terms of guessing. Um, is, so despite everything I basically mentioned, I try to say I buy when I need it and I pay my bills and I move forward with business because I'm of the view of over the longer term, you know, whatever investment or anything else that I'm trying to make, whether it's in equities or anything else, will generally outweigh the fact of trying to guess and time the market and trying to miss a year, right? So you wouldn't want to have yeah. not purchased equity trying to wait for the US dollar to kind of get a little bit weaker because the equity market did so well, right? In terms of you know 2020 and even partially in 2021. So I think you try to separate it from you know the kind of that perspective. And I just try to kind of move forward. So I do think the Canadian dollar will get better at some point next year, whether you really want to yeah. push away expenses for that for that difference is decision you kind of really have to make. Yeah, if you have the deal, that's, that's great advice. If you have the deal, do it because you're going to make more than that exchange difference anyway. So why? Right. Well, cool. Um, anything more to ask you about that? Or should we move on to the Knightsbridge side? No, I think just generally, I think, um, you know, try not to get too caught down in the exchange rates. It's, you know, while it does have a big impact, it is kind of a small part of generally whatever investment or equations you're doing. It's also outside of your control. You're not going to control the virus. You're not going to control bank interest rates. And there's a ton of really smart people that do this for a living every single day, trying to guess where it's going to go on the trading floors of the big banks. Pretty hard to outsmart them. Um, is generally the view that I kind of look at it. I mean, everyone kind of likes to have a view and what they think, and some people like to gamble with it. But that's sometimes what you're doing when you're when you're playing around with this type of stuff. Right. And um, you know, that's kind of exactly how, like how I look at it. So just you know, business as usual. You know, move forward with business as usual and try to factor these things in. But it's generally a small percentage of kind of the equation. Yeah, it makes sense. Kind of, yeah, awesome. Before I let you go, let's talk a bit about Knightsbridge and what it is, how it works. Uh, so people who are interested in investing in the U.S. and interested in moving some uh, money around, some of the advantages it has over other options. Yeah, sure. So basically, we're, we're a foreign exchange company, and we basically exist because we believe the banks are hosing everyone on exchange rates. So if you go to your bank and you go to buy, you know, 10,000 U.S. dollars, 
the exchange rate you're going to see today might be 130, 131, something of that sort, two or three cents above what you would see on the news or on BNN or on Bloomberg. So whatever you kind of see online in terms of the mid-market rate, you typically add about two or three cents to that number. And that's the... Um, and that's basically what you, um, you know, basically what you see. So the banks add about two or three cents to the market rate. Um, that's basically how they're making money. And um, we typically come in and undercut that number. So we're typically on average, um, you know, under 1%. It, it ranges, you know, somewhere between, you know, half a percent and 0.8%. It varies a little bit based on the dollar amounts that you're doing. But we should be able to save you about a percent percent and a half, sometimes 2% compared to the bank, depending on who you're banking with and what currency you're buying. So you go to your bank, you get a quote, say, I want to buy 10,000 US or sell 10,000 US. What's your rate? You come to us, you say, hey, what's your rate? You compare the difference. If the difference is worth doing business, you do business with us. If not, you use your bank. You can keep your bank honest. And, um, you know, we can move the money from your Canadian to your US account if you've got two banks in Canada. Um, there are some complexities depending on which bank you're starting with and ending with, depending on you know how you're sending money and receiving money. But ultimately, the starting point is just saving you on the exchange rate, and then we basically kind of go from there. Yeah. So it's it's basically an all online portal. You the way I do it at least is I make a phone call, set up the trade. Um, depending on which money I'm sending from or which bank I'm sending from, it's going to be either a wire or I can do a bill payment from some of the banks get you guys the money um different ways of transferring money takes different times and but your rates locked in and then they can send it right to the closing company to your corporation in the states wherever you'd like um, yeah your personal u.s account we can yeah. also debit accounts in canada i yep. think the best <laughs> is to figure out that you're saving money on the exchange rates that's kind of the hook where if you're saving enough money then you'll start to inquire a little bit more and then based on your sending and receiving banks there's there's milwaukee through the best way to do it depending on what fees you you know you want to pay or, or or not pay for speed perfect thank you for coming on the show rahim uh before you go um you want to just list the website uh for knightsbridge and then uh, yeah sure yeah so our website is knightsbridgefx.com uh, we do have live chat on our website as well. If you have any inquiries, um, you can obviously give us a call or, you know, set up a meeting and, um, or obviously, you know, send us an email and basically take things from there. Perfect. Thank you for coming on the show again. I really appreciate it. I'll probably have to come, have you come back at least once a year. So we're on year four now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been great uh, chatting with you. It seems like things have kind of come a long way and, you know, we should luck in the new year and happy holidays. So.